You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Be sure to follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find out more about Dr. Michelle at drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com. Here now is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisper Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. And because my passion is to help dads become heroes, I love that you're here today because you're telling me that you're an invested dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox. Well, if you're new to the program, I've just got to review the grid that guides our conversation week after week, which is simply on your mark, get set, go. Dad, envision yourself standing side by side with other dads who are getting ready to run their fathering race this week, and I'm on the sidelines as your coach cheering you on and saying, on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme. Get set as we're going to fill that in with stories and stats, and go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your sons and your daughters into action this week. Well, you will hear noise in the background today during this conversation because I'm in Nashville with my guest that I'll tell you about in a minute at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. So it's kind of fun to be here with other people that care about people, but that means you're going to hear some noise in the background just in case you're wondering what that is. Well, today I have a guest coach joining me by the name of Alex McFarland. No doubt you've probably heard his name. And recently I had the privilege of being on his show on American Family Radio Network. So I love that now I get to have him here and so that you can all meet him. Alex McFarland is a broadcaster, an educator, and an author who's written over 150 published articles and is author of 19 books. Okay, did you catch that? 19 books on religion, culture, and youth, including the best-selling, listen to this title, The 10 Most Common Objections to Christianity and How to Answer Them. You've got to pick up that book if you're a dad who's wanting to help answer questions that your kids have and you don't know what to say. Let Alex help guide you in knowing how to respond. Alex is truly a Christian author that has a heart to impact and influence this generation. He also loves bringing apologetics and worldview books specifically down, I shouldn't say down, like I'm talking down to teenage readers, but down to a level that they can understand. He's a frequent spokesperson on Fox News and has been interviewed by many other media and news outlets, including Fox and Friends, The New York Times, The Washington Post, CBS, Fox, NBC, C-SPAN, and the Associated Press Wire Service. He's spent nearly three decades counseling teens and young adults and has spoken in hundreds of locations throughout all 50 states and internationally. And you can connect with him at Alex McFarland, McFarland.com. Alex Harold's from North Carolina, and he's married. Welcome, Alex McFarland. Well, Dr. Canfield, thank you so much. It's a great honor to be with you, and it's fun to be at this exciting convention, isn't it? I know, right? Yeah. And we finally get to meet in person, which I love. I know. I, I respect you so much. I appreciate what you communicate and how you communicate, and you've got such a sunshiny demeanor, <laughs> and uh, even though you go over some you know, deep subject matter sometimes, I just appreciate yeah. the very mm-hmm. sunshiny, upbeat, positive way that you speak. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Well, honestly, I know that you're respected so much for your mind. And we were talking just as we were beginning today about a little bit of your history. 
So let's, you know, I've listened to you, right? I mean, people probably, do they ever say, I can't quite understand you. You, You're so brilliant. I can't quite track with you. But you do make it (laughs) relatable and understandable. But you were just telling me as we were kind of just preparing for today, you have a backstory. Because we're going to be talking today. I mean, we all have a backstory, but one that I think is really worth sharing. Because today we're talking about, on your mark, how a dad can lead his daughter to have a biblical worldview in our turbulent world. Yeah. And it sounds like you had some turbulence before you ever became a dad. Can you share a little bit of your own story that way? Yeah, uh, thank you so much, and thanks for having me on. And and first of all, you know, anything I share, I just want to give the glory to the Lord. Um, uh, Dr. Canfield, I am who I am all due to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And uh, I'm a sinner, but I'm a forgiven sinner. And, and I just want to, for one thing, anything we've ever done or tried to do or accomplish, we give God the glory. The Lord Jesus is so faithful. Yeah. And I, I do want to share a little bit about my testimony, but anybody out there listening, going through the messy crucible of life called family, or yeah. marriage and parenting. It's a messy, fallen world, even in the homes of Christians sometimes. I'm talking Christians that love the Lord and they're godly people. Even in, in those kind of homes, stuff happens. Am I right? Come on, stuff happens. That's yeah. a good way of putting it. Exactly. Grew up in the South. Mom and dad were married. I thank God both of my parents were Christians. Yes, they were believers, and they were married like 57 years. Whoa. But uh, my dad uh, was kind of an entrepreneur, uh, but not successfully so. And by the around 1980, 81, my parents were like three quarters of a million dollars in debt, hmm. which that's a lot of money now. But in the early 80s to be over $750,000 in debt, I mean, that was just debilitating. My parents were always fighting. I was convinced they were going to uh, get a divorce probably. And my dad... God love him, but the more he failed in business, the more withdrawn he became. And he was just, uh, he would drive to Virginia, the other state, and buy hundreds of dollars of lottery tickets, thinking he was going to hit it big. Well, the bank came to put us out. Literally, the bank came to evict us from our house. And my mother was screaming. And Hmm. I mean, it was just not a good scene. Talk about turbulence at home. Yeah, always. My mother, um, from 1980 until the day she died in uh, 2014, was mad at the world. Mm. And, you know, the financial issues, the marriage uh, was not, you know, great. My sister, who I love dearly, she's a Christian, but she uh, got anorexia. And uh, as far as I know, was the first person in the state of North Carolina diagnosed with anorexia nervosa. She got down to like 50 pounds. She was like 18 years old, you know, and was in the hospital um, because she was going to die. I mean, she was starving herself. Mm. All right. So then, you know, by the grace of God, my sister rebounds, but she goes away to college, gets married. And so she's out of the picture. And so um, what saved me really was at 21 years old, I had to get out of the house. Now I was playing in a band, I was partying and drinking and just doing the, I mean, I was 15 years old, underage, playing in bars, playing guitar in bars, um, and around a lot of things I shouldn't have been around. But even in that, God spared me. Dr. Canfield, just to show you kind of how 
much. I hit bottom. I was probably 17 or 18, playing guitar at a fraternity party, passed out drunk. Well, for a joke, some guys rolled me up in a carpet and put me in a dumpster. And it's a Saturday morning, hot, and I wake up in a dumpster. Wow. And I'm just thankful that the truck didn't come to empty the dumpster. Come on. Because yeah. I wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't be here. But, you know, I wake up in a dumpster uh, over at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, um, hungover, covered in just whatever's in a dumpster behind a pizza restaurant. And I remember this thought went through my mind. I thought, this is appropriate because I feel like I'm throwing my life away. You know, Paul had a Damascus Road experience. I had a Damascus dumpster experience. You sure did. And I remember um, just thinking, something's got to change. Something's got to change. And you were how old did you say then? At at this point, like 18 years old. Okay. And uh, I went to college, flunked out of college, re-enrolled in college, was barely keeping a a D average because it's hard to succeed in college when you're you know, drunk all the time. Um, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that. Yeah. Said. <laughs> you know, God is amazing. I was just this nut, um, climbed up in a tree. I was trying to climb in a dorm room window one time and fell probably 30 feet, like on my head. And it's just the grace of oh God. Oh my goodness. Seriously. It's just the grace of God that I didn't like break my neck or something like that. And that you actually have a mind uh, yeah, that, uh, that is sharp. Well, uh, that's debatable. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, so... But but I really say that, though, <laughs> again, like, not to be funny, but yeah. to say, when you're talking about your your home life and even some of these experiences that you went through, which clearly were born out of woundedness and, yeah. you know, the, the inner stuff you were probably trying to numb and get away from, but is that God has a redemptive story that you are a critical thinker, right? A, a yeah. sharp thinker, a discerning thinker. Yeah. When you fell on your head and yeah. you had, I would say, it sounds like a lot of mind confusion. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want to talk about me too much, but I guess in sharing this, Dr. Canfield, I do want to say that the Lord Jesus, first of all, whatever you've done, Jesus can forgive it. Yeah. Jesus will forgive your sins. But whatever has been done to you, Christ can heal. And in Joel 2.25, it says that God... Oh, one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, I love it. God can restore the years the locust has eaten. Yeah. And to everybody listening, if your life, even as a Christian, I'm talking followers of Jesus, have all sorts of struggles and deep valleys. Yeah. But I want to say this to everybody. First of all, please believe me. God loves you. God loves you. Michelle, if I had the money, I would put this on a billboard on every street in America. God really honestly loves you. I think it needs those, you know, adjectives in there, adverbs in there. Uh, Really uh, honestly loves you. Yes, God loves you. And I want to say to everybody, and believe me, I preach the Bible, turn to Jesus. But first of all, God is not mad at you. God, God is not angry with you. Now, God does say, turn to me, turn your life over to me. I'm ashamed to tell you, I used to steal out of my dad's cash register. Um, growing up, I got really into like Harry Houdini and magic and all that. And I, I would try to cast spells because look, we were poor. We lived in the country. Uh, our life was just imploding. The bank is trying to put us out. I was looking for something. And um, I used to, like, do amateur magic and magic shows. So um, had this Ouija board, tried to mm-hmm. conjure up spirits. You know, you're trying to find power and how to get somewhere in life. God spared me from that. Mm-hmm. I, I believe I could have fallen into this wormhole of the occult. 
And I mean, I, I read everything I could get my hands on. I'm talking, I was like 16, 17, 18 years old, right. trying to harness the power of, yeah. of spirits, you know, things like that. And God delivered me from that. I kind of found my niche in music a little bit, but I was underage playing in bars. And so finally at college, I'm thinking, okay, there's got to be something more. And I get invited to a Monday night Bible study. And I start going to this Bible study and I heard about Jesus. And Jesus proved he is the son of God by rising from the dead. And Jesus is real. And first of all, I was an English major because um, there's uh, only one math course in an English degree. And I'm I'm really bad at math. (laughs) Okay. Um, Me too, by the way. Uh, three words. I am bad at math. Uh, think about that. Anyway, so um, I go and as an English major, I'm hearing this teaching about how Jesus is the Son of God. He fulfilled the prophecies. Joseph in the Old Testament uh, sold for the price of a slave. Jesus was sold for, for the price of a slave. Joseph emerged alive from an intended grave. Jesus emerged alive from an intended grave. And I remember I'm, I'm hearing the Bible taught verse by verse for the first time in my life, and I'm thinking, okay, Shakespeare wishes he had written stories like this. And OPS, these are true. At 21 years old, opened my heart to Christ. I said, Lord, please save me. And I remember thinking that, um, you know, I've stolen out of my dad's cash register. I've taken the Lord's name in vain. I've tried to contact demons. I've done a lot of bad things. And I was reading my Bible one night. Isaiah 1 verse 18 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they should be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they should be as wool. And I read John 6, 37, where Jesus said, The one who comes to me I will in no way reject. So I want to say to your listeners, you might think you're too bad for God to forgive you. You're not. Mm -hmm. You might think you've procrastinated too long. God's love for you has maybe hit the expiration date. It hasn't. And you know what I love about you sharing more in depth of your story here before we talk about how you can lead a daughter right through turbulent times with a biblical worldview is that you've lived this. This is your story. So you're giving out what you have. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Alex, I would love to hear you share more then about how with the miracles God's done in your life that you've now been able to lead your daughter and help her process turbulence in her life. Sound good? That sounds good. Okay. We'll be right back. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter, but haven't known how to go about it? Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you wanna be and that your daughter needs you to be. So to let the talking begin, head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. 
Welcome back. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, talking with my friend Alex McFarland about how dads can help lead their daughters to have a biblical worldview in a turbulent world. And you've just heard Alex share a lot about his own personal story. And I know that he has a heart for teenagers, a heart for young people, right? You, you teach them, you lead them. Tell us a little bit first about the kids that God's helped you love on and raise. Well, thank you very much. It's a great honor to be on with you. It really is. And so uh, I got married to uh, Angie, and she was finishing nursing school. I was in college, and we got married. And um, God didn't send us kids of our own. You know, there comes a time when uh, you realize that you are not going to have kids of your own, perhaps. You know, and maybe some of your listeners know what it's like Mm -hmm. to not be able to have kids of your own. But God, in his sovereignty, I think I understand. For one thing, my mom and dad had a lot of needs financially and emotionally and spiritually. And then my mother-in-law, Angie's mother, who's now 93, lived with us. And she had uh, early onset dementia. And so in a way, I, I thank God that we didn't have biological kids of our own um, because I don't think we could have adequately looked after parents. Mm-hmm. And I, went, I became a youth pastor, and we were always having kids in our house, mm-hmm. runaways and kids. But then we had a niece and a nephew that came to live with us, which was such a blessing. And so... Um, for how long did they live with you? Oh, golly, off and on for uh, nearly 20 years. Wow. And uh, it was great. Uh, it was great because uh, we were able to go to church and model the gospel. I want to just throw three words out there. Here, here's my parenting books in three words. <laughs> okay. Really. I can hardly wait. Authentic, consistent, accessible. Say it again. Authentic, consistent, accessible. Christian mom and dad, if you want your kids to um, see Jesus in you, you need to. They need to be able to see. The children need to see that mom and dad are authentic yes. disciples, consistent. In their following of Jesus. Yeah, not perfect, but not, consistent. Yeah, none of us are perfect, uh-huh. but we are daily living for the Lord and then accessible. And when your child is confronted with so many of the 10,000 pathogens out there in life, whether it's substance abuse or inappropriate material on the internet, pornography or violence or cutting or yeah. all of those things that can tear down a young person, you want to be the one that, that they come to you that they don't go to their peers or some stranger or some Mm -hmm. blog site. And so um, we talk about when kids come and, I mean, I'm just gonna say this, I was in Houston, Texas last weekend at a parenting conference and uh, a mom was sharing just kind of with a deer in the headlights look, you know, my child asked me, what does the F word mean? You know, Mm. and I said, well, you know, your, your kids are gonna hear profane language. Don't freak out. Because if they come innocently asking, yeah. you know, what, what means this or that, it's not like they're using that word. Right. And, and I, I think we have to be very honest with kids. Say, well, you know what? God loves us, but there's a right way to behave and a wrong yeah. way. And wrong ways to behave, the Bible calls that sin. And sometimes people use words in sinful ways. Yeah. You know, it's possible to use words in godly ways. It's possible to use words in very ungodly ways. Yeah. But the Lord wants us to live for him because he loves us and he knows what's best for us. And would you say that's a way of 
bringing a biblical worldview into your kids' turbulent world. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell more, Alex, about then. Your niece is the one that you call your daughter. Yes, Alexandria. Right, 20 years, Alexandria. She's wonderful. How did you, you know, through... I would say if she, you know, she obviously came into your home with trauma. Yeah. And I think really I see a key theme being woven here about turbulence. Yeah. That you lived through it, but it gave you a heart for kids when you were a youth pastor. Oh, yeah. For these, your niece and nephew, and you, you know, you, you get to claim her as your daughter now. Yeah. You know, such a cool story. How, looking back, because you said she's 32 now. Yeah. Maybe even still now, but how have you helped integrate, you know, biblical theology and worldview with all that was coming because we know 20 years ago it was different than it is now yeah uh, well exactly and you know the old saying i know it's kind of a cliche but more is caught than taught mm-hmm. um you know every now and then people say oh alex sitting at home with your family do you talk about apologetics all the time <laughs> i bet every dinner define is, apologetics for dads that don't know what that means yeah defending the christian faith there the evidence for what we believe uh-huh. i bet at alex and angie's house all you do is talk about <laughs> c.s lewis all day long no we don't i mean we we have but you know you live life and you you for one thing one of the best things parents can do if you want to impart a biblical worldview for one thing stay married I mean, really, because the the marriage and the family is a gospel tract. Honestly, marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. And, you know, husband, wife, God, that's a trinity. And then there's mom, dad, children, that's a trinity. And Francis Schaeffer, who's a great Christian thinker. I actually went to, to back in college. Did you? Whatever happens to the human happened to the human race. Wow! Remember when he did that series yeah, of, of Portland, Oregon? Oh wow! Our whole Bible college went. Now did heard you him go live. And, and hear him in person? Yeah. Oh my word! I, I've actually been to Labrie in, in Switzerland. Switzerland. My goodness. Yeah. So did I loved him. Did you hear um, Edith Schaefer? His wife? No, I don't. I think she'd already passed away, but C. Everett Coop was there. But I remember those years. Wow. And, uh, you know, he was a pioneer. For those that may not know, uh, Francis Schaeffer was a real, he was very much ahead of the curve in biblical worldview, wasn't he? Yes. Yes. And, you know, they, they said that the home, the family and the home was designed by God to prepare our hearts for the gospel. Because, I mean, you think about it, and this is Francis Schaeffer, but he said, look, in the family, we learn about grace, we learn about accountability, we learn about forgiveness, restoration, responsibility. And Edith Schaefer, his wife, said that the, the family is the church in miniature. And the family and home was designed to prepare our hearts for the gospel. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I love it when, you know, there are all these dramatic testimonies. You know, I was you know, indigent. I was a drunk in the gutter and not or in the dumpster yeah, or the dumpster. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I love to hear testimonies where people will say, you know, I, I don't ever remember not being a follower of Jesus. Mm. Grew up in a Christian home. Mom and always dad. loved. Yeah. yeah. Felt safe. I've always had Jesus in my life because I honestly think the quote unquote dramatic testimonies are the exception rather than the rule. Mm-hmm. I think God's plan was that children are raised in a stable, loving, two-parent, monogamous household with stability. One of the things right now is, as I'm sure you know, kids nowadays very often don't have a sense of context. And one of the keys to knowing who we are and what is my purpose and feeling 
you know, comfortable in my own skin. Abraham Maslow was a psychologist. He talked about self-actualization. Okay, not in the sense of like, oh, I've made money, I'm a self-made man. No, but just feeling like you have place, you have context, Mm -hmm. you know your identity, you're comfortable with yourself. I think so many kids now, this is why we've seen the rise of transgenderism and transhumanism and all these things, because young people, they don't have a sense of place in this world. Yeah. And see, the first awareness of place comes in the family. This is my mom. This is my room. This is my brother. This is my stuffed animal. This is my bed where I sleep at night. See, the family is where we begin to find context. And then we realize, okay, I have a place in this world and I'm safe and secure because God gave me this mommy and daddy. God gave me my family and God loves me. And there is a reason that Satan has vehemently attacked the family because the attack on the family is Mm -hmm. really an attack on the gospel. So what would you say to that dad, Alex, who's listening that says, my marriage already blew up, our family isn't intact, and I want to be a dad who helps my kids understand the gospel and the Bible, but it feels like there's just too much water under that bridge. What do you say to him? Well, um... That, that's a great question because I realize nowadays, the statistics vary, but a, a huge, a tragic majority of marriages don't make it. And families are mm-hmm. fragmented and blended. So for one thing, let me just say this. The Apostle Paul, before I share what I want to share, I want to share this. <laughs> the Apostle <laughs> Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Now you think about it. There, there's a lot in there. Paul could have beaten himself up. Oh, my goodness, I put a hit on Stephen. I was complicit with the death of the first martyr in church history. I persecuted the church. Oh, bad me. God couldn't love me. Or Paul could have been arrogant. Oh, I wrote over half the New Testament. I'm the Apostle Paul. I went and debated the philosophers at Mars Hill in Acts 17. Paul didn't beat himself down or vaunt himself up. He said, you know what? I am what I am by the grace of God. So to the dad out there, and your marriage is broken, and your kids are only with you part of the time. Yeah. For one thing, I want you to know God loves you where you are. God loves you as you are. And you can still be a godly parent and help shape a child's faith and worldview, even if the, the parenting is under, shall we say, less than ideal circumstances. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't, be, don't, yeah. don't let Satan, the accuser, beat you down yeah you're you're free in jesus you really are i love that well i end every show with a go step so that dads can say i just heard a lot okay now just tell me one or two things so alex that's my question for you give dads listening one or two practical action steps that they could start doing today to lead their daughters to have a biblical worldview in a turbulent time wow well if you are married uh love your wife supremely Lay down your life for your bride like Christ laid down his life for his bride. So one of the best things you can do, and by the way, this is one of the great predictors about uh, a girl not being involved in um, promiscuity. See, every girl wants a daddy. You know, they, nowadays people make jokes about daddy issues, but it's true. Yeah. And I want to say this, appropriately hug your children. Say, I love you. 
uh, you're my daughter. I'm so proud you're my daughter. And uh, your mother and I, or I love you. And uh, you're awesome. And we're so proud of you. And we thank God that, that God in his wisdom put, you, put us all together. Yeah. And so I just want to say this in terms of your own walk. First of all, your dad, your personal walk, your ministry to your spouse, and then your ministry to your family. I know we're almost out of time, but in Exodus 13, this is a great verse for dads and, well, dad of a daughter, dad of a son. When it comes to pass that your son will ask you, why do we do these things? Mm -hmm. That you'll say, when Pharaoh would not let us go, God with a mighty hand delivered us. Yeah, tell the story. Yeah, yeah. The implication of that is that your child says, mom, dad, how do I have what you've got? Mm. I see the Lord is number one in your life. How do I have that too? So authentic, consistent, accessible. I was just going to go back to that. I thought that was a great kind of three-point model. Authentic consistent, accessible. accessible. And that is bringing a biblical worldview to your home. Amen. Because your daughter is in turbulent times in a turbulent world, but you can help steady her storm at home by being authentic, consistent, and available. Well, thank you, Alex, so much for joining me today. On Your Mark has been How a Dad Can Lead His Daughter to Have a Biblical Worldview in Our Turbulent World. You've heard from Alex McFarland today. You can reach out to him at alexmcfarland.com. And as always, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com and find free resources there. And remember, you can subscribe to the Dad Whisper podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And you can listen in any past, back to any past shows and share them with your friends. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been so fun to be with you all today. Thank you, Alex, so much for sharing your heart and your wisdom and your life with us today. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go Dads. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield. To find out how you can invite Dr. Michelle for your next event, go to drmichellewatson.com and click on the speaking tab. That's drmichellewatson.com. Dr. Michelle loves bringing practical insights she gleaned over the past few decades to audiences of teenagers, young adults, men's groups, or women's forums. Once again, go to drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com for more information on the books, resources, and blogs that she has available. Remember, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And we'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again on the next edition of the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield.